It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway or Kyrie when he make a trade. And nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you got a repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales packing and J King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen after every game is very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us part of your daily routine. We are here for you Monday through Friday. Whatever it is that you're doing, wherever you are going, in the car, at the gym, at the grocery store, with your headphones on at work, pretending to do something but actually listening to us, whatever it is, thank you for taking us along and making us part of your Celtics experience I, John Corrales, am here by myself because my normal post-game partner, Sam Jam Packard, is off saving the world in his regular job. So I will be here to talk about the 109-98 win over the Memphis Grizzlies that was really not that close. Kyrie was awesome. The bench was awesome. Greg Monroe didn't play. And I'm going to talk about all of that stuff. And the show is brought to you today by our good friend and realtor extraordinaire, Jason Manganello, He is trying to get you into the right house at the right price, and he will do it for you while contributing to the community by donating 10% of his commission. He also wants to send you to a Celtics game just for working with him. I will give you all the details in a few minutes. Let's start with this game. Celtics win a game, 109-98, like I said, not that close. It was nowhere near that close. It, it looks like at the final score, if you didn't watch the game, it's like, oh, Memphis kept it tight. Nah, not really. They closed the gap on a team that was very much coasting towards the end. The Celtics scored 33 points in the first quarter, 34 points in the second quarter, and then 32 points the rest of the way. So they clearly coasted. Uh, it was tight early. It was tied at 20 early on. Then the Celtics went on a 13-4 run to close the first quarter, but the Grizzlies still were scoring fairly easily and getting a ton of points in the paint. After the first quarter, the Grizzlies actually held a 16-6 lead in points in the paint. That's something that the Celtics managed to tie up and finish the game 42-42 after a late garbage time dunk. So the Grizzlies were early on getting to the rim a little too easily, but then the Celtics brought in their bench unit, and it really was their bench unit that did the bulk of the damage. The Celtics, like I said, finished the first quarter on a 13-4 run. Then they won the second quarter 34-17. So you really were looking at a 47-21 extended run to close the first quarter and get into the half. The Celtics uh, in the third quarter 
pushed it up to 28. Then everybody came out of the game, and that was it. The, the Celtics kind of shut it down from there. The Grizzlies kind of continued on because they've got a bunch of young guys, and they got to play for something. From there, though, it was a total coast. Up until a few minutes left in the fourth quarter when it got just a tiny bit tight, and the Celtics had to reinsert Marcus Smart to get that one little extra boost of energy, but really was never in doubt. And you, when Marcus Smart checked out at the end of that, it was still it was kind of funny to me because he was like laughing. It's like, oh, I can't believe I needed to go in there for this. But they said it during the broadcast. Marcus Smart checked in, and everybody kind of raised their game just a tiny bit. And it's something that we've been saying on the show for a while, that Marcus Smart just changes the energy of the game comes in and he forces you to react to his energy. And there was a play that I tweeted out. Uh, if you're not following me on Twitter, by the way, if you're new to this program, I'm at Reds Army underscore John. I tweeted out a play where Marcus Smart completely anticipated a pass and had taken three steps into the passing lane before the ball was thrown. Now, granted, it was a lazy pass. It was telegraphed and all of that stuff, but he read it right away. He saw that it was telegraphed and got into the passing lane to make a steal. Now, he blew the layup, which people tweeted back at me. were like, that's the full Marcus Smart experience. But that type of stuff, he, he sees what's going on, and he recognizes it immediately. And that's the thing. Yeah, Memphis is not good. They are not a good team. But... Marcus Smart, even in that Memphis kind of stupidity there, saw it right away. And it's like a lion hunting for uh, a gazelle in in the wild. You're not going to blame it for going after the weak one. That's how you eat. You got to go and get those easy ones. You got to go and get when, when they throw a weak pass. That's where you eat. You got to get that steal and get out on the break and make a difference. So Marcus Smart did that, and he tends to do that, and he finds ways to impact uh, positive things on the floor, impact winning, as they are to say. And so when he's on the floor, positive things happen. Positive things also happen when Kyrie Irving is cooking, and boy, was he cooking. Man, he only played not even 25 minutes, 25 points in those 25 minutes, 8 of 13 shooting, 5 of 8 from 3, 4 of 4 from the line, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. Just a damn fine game for Kyrie, who is just unreal after the break. He's he's put on a show. And, of course, against the Knicks, against the Grizzlies, he's not going to get a ton of resistance against those two teams. But he definitely took full advantage of that lack of resistance and put on two clinics. And just, just ugh, I, I'm flustered by the mere thought of that one possession in at the end of the second quarter where he just dribbled between three guys. Lost his dribble twice, but then picked it back up and still found the time to make this off-balance kind of – it was just nuts. It was nuts. You know, if you, you watch the game, you know what I'm talking about. It's hard to describe because how the hell do you describe that? How do you describe what happened there? 
So Kyrie was awesome. Uh, the bench was equally up to the task. Terry Rozier, another spectacular game, 15 points, four rebounds, and assists. He shot five of eight from the field. His dunk after the Shemi Ojeley steal was kind of like the high point of the second quarter. That was like the the exclamation point, even though they pushed it up to 28. That was the play where you're like, yeah, this is over. We knew there's no more to deal with here where we can just kind of go home. So, but And it was his career best 11th straight game with at least 10 points, as we mentioned in last night's show, and another 15 points. That's right around what he's been averaging in that, in that time. Uh, also checking in with double digits, Jalen Brown, who did it sort of quietly. Marcus Morris with 13 points and 12 points from Daniel Tice, who is the recipient of a couple of alley-oops in that big second-quarter stretch. Uh, one from Marcus Smart, one from Marcus Morris. And Tice, again, showing a, a nice efficiency. Five of eight for him, seven rebounds. Uh, at one block that was was actually, I don't want to call it an important block because it was in the fourth quarter, but it was kind of where Memphis was making a little bit of a run, and he it was a nice hustle play. I will say that it was a nice hustle play, and if he didn't block that shot, you might have gotten a Brad timeout, and you might have seen maybe a different approach, but it was, it was, it was a nice play, and I don't want to make too much of it. So Tice was pretty good, and the minutes that he got, he got 24 minutes, he got minutes that didn't go to Greg Monroe, who is the only player that didn't get minutes. And that's an interesting, a very interesting thing. And it's something that on the hashtag Rain and Jays was brought up by at Addy Shep, who said Moose is not loose tonight at uh, the juice at Castell O with the with the zero instead of an O. Wouldn't tonight have been the perfect time for Coach Stevens to throw the double nickel moose in and experiment to find out if he can fit in, or do you think he's given up on him already? So a few questions here on the moose not getting in, and it's a very good question. And it's something that Brad Stevens did address. He talked about it after the game. Our own Jay King was there. I'm going to play you the sound from Brad Stevens after I tell you about Jason Manganello. If you have not heard this, or even if you have, you got to pay attention because if you're looking to buy or sell a house, Jason Manganello is the guy, the guy you need to talk to. Not only is he a regular listener of the show, he's a big-time Celtics fan. He's a person that... As you go shopping for your house, you can talk about the games tonight and what he thought about Greg Monroe not playing. And I'm sure he has a very well-informed opinion, of course, because he listens to us. So people who listen to us have good opinions of basketball. So you can go and shop and talk to a Celtics fan in Jason Manganiello. But that's that's just the tip of the iceberg because what you really need to go talk to Jason for is because he's got 15 years' experience, part of the residential group, the top-selling group 
in all of Massachusetts at William Ravis since 2009. That's a nice run at the top for them. So he's done this all by providing a personal attention of a boutique firm, a one-on-one touch with the resources of a large company. So he's got solid backing behind him to make sure that everything's working perfectly. So it doesn't matter if you want to buy a condo or if you want to buy a big home and a state, maybe you're maybe you're rolling in it. Maybe you've made some money taking my money on draft and you got you want to go buy yourself a million dollar home. He can work with either of those desires. And the best part, really honestly the coolest part is that Jason reinvests in the communities in which he works. He donates 10% of his commission to a local nonprofit that you choose. You, the client, can pick the local nonprofit, and he will donate 10% of his commission so you are immediately enriching the community in which you are moving. So you can contact Jason Manganello at 617-877-5694, 617-877-5694, or email him, LockedOnJason at gmail.com. But wait, there's more. If you buy or sell a house with Jason Manganello, he will send you to a Celtics game. If you refer a friend to Jason Manganello and they buy or sell a house with him, he will send you to a Celtics game. If you just want to get a market analysis for your current or future home, he will do that for you for free and enter you into a drawing to get Celtics tickets. So, LockedOnJason at gmail.com or call him 617-877-5694. Let him know you heard the ad on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Go buy, sell a house, refer a friend to go buy or sell a house with Jason. Go talk Celtics, have fun with a cool guy and a really, really, I mean, really great uh, contributor to the community and a guy who's going to help you get into the house or get out of the house that you want at just the most painless way possible and the best way possible. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Teams. Now there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in one space with a new virtual room. Collaborate live, drawing, sharing, and building ideas with everyone on the same page. And make sure more of your team is seen and heard with up to 49 people on screen at once. Learn more about all the newest Teams features at Microsoft.com Teams. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, Greg Monroe. 
I thought today was an opportunity for him, and I think any opportunity for him to get out there and get minutes with these guys is important. But Brad Stevens did not play him in this game. and He started Aaron Baines, who was back from a strained elbow. He subbed in Daniel Tice, who had started in Baines' absence, and there was no Monroe. And he said that the Tice lineup was going so good that he just rolled with it, and he had a plan to play Monroe, but the Tice thing worked out so well that he just he just went with it. So, Jay King, who is one of our normal co-hosts, if you don't know, if you're new to the show, Jay King is the beat writer for Mass Live. Follow him on Twitter, at ByJayKing. He was there asking Brad Stevens the question of why he didn't play Greg Monroe, and here is your answer. You sat Greg Monroe. What went into that decision tonight? Yeah, you know, I, I went into the game um, with kind of two iterations of a, of a game plan, and um, when, they, uh, when we went with Tyson that first stint, that team, was we were playing so well um, that I just decided not to. Uh, put him in in that first stint. And by the end, it's, um, you know, I had planned on playing him late, but I didn't want to just throw him in there with a minute to go or whatever the case may be. He's still he's still getting to know us. He's still figuring this out. Um, you know, we probably threw him to the Wolves uh, early, um, and we'll continue to play him. We have great confidence in it. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, I thought those other guys were playing so well in that stint. You guys have kind of struggled defensively with him on the court. Are there things you need to do differently defensively because he's kind of different than some of your other big guys? I think he's he's going to get more used to the way that we're trying to play on the defensive end. I think our system is such that, you know, um, it counts for individual strengths and, you know, he's just going to have to figure out um, and, and kind of be able to see each each step of what we're trying to accomplish against different actions. But he's he's really smart. He's going to figure it out. It's not, you know, and then it just becomes, you know, we've got good players that are there with him, and um, there will be nights that are his and nights that aren't, and it's just um, part of being part of a good team. But I appreciate his approach a great deal, and I think he's really going to help us. So the plan was apparently there are two plans, and he didn't want to throw him in at the end. I get it. I get it. If he – I, I get both sides of this because part of me says you get Monroe in there with the bench players and let them work it out, even if it's against the other team's bench players. But at the same time, you can say you're up 28. You're, you have a natural tendency to relax at that time. It's kind of hard to play the way you're supposed to play when you know that it's just kind of junk time and it's almost like bringing a reliever in, in baseball. I don't know if you're a Red Sox fan, you know, like last season or Kimbrel has this tendency that when it's a non-save situation and he's just, he's not dominant he's dominant in save situations. But when it's a non-save situation, it's, it can get a little dicey, kind of the same concept when you don't have that urgency you you're you just kind of relax and you don't have that same little crispness and maybe it's counterproductive and maybe Brad Stevens thought 
This is counterproductive. That's kind of how I, how I read into this, that he didn't want to throw Monroe in there in counterproductive minutes because he's just out there kind of playing garbage time. I get it. There are opportunities. And to see the video, watch the video, you listen to it, watch it. Jay King tweeted it out, again, at by Jay King. You can see that Brad clearly has a respect for Greg Monroe's intelligence. He clearly has confidence in Monroe to come in and figure it, figure it out at some point. And I think for us watching, observing, rooting for the team, you have to kind of separate yourself from the immediate results. And it goes back to, I, Sam's not here, but I'll say it, Kaizen. The process of getting to where you need to go. Don't focus necessarily on the results. Yes, I see it too. Greg Monroe has been slow. Greg Monroe has struggled to pick up the defensive assignments. There are, there are times when you see him doing things that run counter to what the Celtics have done throughout the season. Fine. He's new. He's got to learn. Don't look at the immediate results just yet. Now, there isn't a ton of time left. The Celtics have to find the right opportunities to work him in and get him playing and learning the things that he needs to learn. But he is a smart player. He is not dumb. He has certain skills. He may not have the skills that you want, but he's also uh, a, a guy you picked up on the buyout market and it doesn't cost the Celtics anything tax-wise. doesn't cost the Celtics anything besides money that they had available to spend. doesn't hurt them in any way. The worst-case scenario is he just doesn't play. That's it. If they, The worst-case scenario is in a week you cut him and you just let him sign with anybody. doesn't matter. He can't be in the playoffs anyway. And whatever. That's the absolute worst-case scenario. But that's not going to happen. The Celtics have an opportunity to just let it, let it grow. Maybe it grows slower than you think. Maybe it grows slower than you want. But he's only been here for a few games. And he needs time to pick things up. Brad Stevens clearly seems to think there is time to do that. He clearly feels like Monroe is able to pick up the things that he needs to pick up. We'll see. I think he's smart. And I think that he can be a contributor. Is he going to be a starter quality guy? Maybe not. Is he going to finish games for the Celtics? Probably not. But he can come in and probably give them a productive 15 to 20 minutes eventually. It's not happening yet. So we'll wait. And the only thing I can stress is patience. It may not work out. It may not. But to to come out and have any sort of definitive final take on Greg Monroe now I think it's short-sighted. Not just because 
of the simple fact that he's new and he needs time. But we have seen, historically, Brad Stevens figures it out with players. For the most part, only a handful of guys, a hand, like David Lee is one guy who you just said couldn't figure it out. But that's the exception. Will Monroe be another Lee? I don't know, maybe. But I think history tells you that Brad Stevens finds a way to squeeze out the best of a particular player. And Monroe is somebody who's good. And he he's not great, but he's good. He's a good player. And he can be a good player for the Celtics. We just need to wait. And there's and there's no point in any uh, added consternation when it comes to that. So we'll leave it at that. That's my take on Greg Monroe. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's hit the Twitter to wrap this thing up. Not many tweets tonight. I think once the blowout came and the Celtics started coasting, everybody started coasting, and that was it. Because their early tweets were uh, from people who were like, oh, God, here we go. Like the juice at Costello, who was – very active on Twitter tonight with us. Grizzlies getting lots of early dunks with these. More reason that Coach Stevens should start Tice. You know, there are going to be times where I, he may, like we said last night, maybe starting Tice works better. Maybe starting Baines works better. We'll see. And tonight actually worked out very well because Tice with the second unit was great. Uh, he also tweeted, every time I see Mario Chalmers in the, in the league, it's a surprise. So <laughs> it's funny, but he's done all right. They, they actually made a point in the broadcast tonight to say that Mario Chalmers has carved out a nice career for himself. I would kill to have Mario Chalmers' career. <laughs> That's, you could joke, but I would kill for that career. Uh, so that's basically it for the Rain and Jays tweets and not a lot of Rain and Junk either. Uh, other than H2 Ounds 08, Scalabrini is coming along nicely as the heir apparent to Tommy Strone as the Homer King of color commentary. Uh, I think that Scal is good. I like Scal and he's learning and who better to learn from than Mike Gorman. Really? Mike Gorman is a damn legend, man. He's a legend. And so to, to kind of learn the ropes from him, it's, I like it. I think and Scal Scal's funny. He's a ball buster. He's got this kind of fun thing with Chris Mannix during the broadcast where he's they're they're busting each other's balls. It's kind of funny. It would be kind of fun to have those two in the color booth together. Who knows? Maybe that's a, an experiment worth trying. But and and Scal clearly knows the game. He knows what he's seeing out there 
And I think that he's doing a fine job. Some people maybe disagree, but I think he's doing a fine job. And he's he's also still learning. And I think he's getting better as we move along. Uh, and uh, at Scropeberg, <laughs> tweeting the picture, I think it's the meme where the guy says, he's got a sign that says, Pop-Tarts or ravioli changed my mind. And over the Pop-Tarts or ravioli, says Daniel Tice is a legitimate MVP candidate. Changed my mind. Yes, I know at least one of our co-hosts who would agree that Daniel Tice is a legitimate MVP candidate. Uh, my only rain and junk is if you watch the game and you, early on, Mark Gasol decided that he wanted to take a three from Steph Curry range. And as the ball was raising up, Scalabrini let out a little, whoa. And that was like, I can't believe that this guy's about to do this shit right here. And he front-rimmed it. I, I'm glad he at least front-rimmed it because that was that was ambitious. But that little moment from Scal was, was pretty funny to me. So not a lot more when it comes to the junk. Not a lot more when it comes to this game. Uh, I think the Monroe thing was basically the biggest storyline out of this. Uh, my, my biggest joy is when I look at the stat sheet and I see the minutes played, nobody played more than, well, Marcus Morris played 33 minutes, which is interesting because beyond that, uh, Kyrie played 25, Jalen Brown played a little bit more than 25, Tatum played 26, Horford played 23. You know, Horford didn't do a whole lot in this game, which is fine. Like, he just, I think I think Horford can use a little added rest because you know, he was in the all-star game and, uh, you know, just whatever. That that was fine. But the minutes played, Smart 22, Tice 24, nice little uh, spread out distribution, not a ton of minutes for anybody. That's the best part to come out of this game. Again, Kyrie was scintillating. Uh, guys off the bench were great in that second quarter. Everybody coasted in the third and the fourth quarters. But the Celtics ultimately came, around, came out with a 109 98 win over the Memphis Grizzlies. The win keeps them a half game behind the Toronto Raptors who just destroyed the Detroit Pistons tonight, 123-94. But the Celtics uh, have two more losses than the Raptors, but one more win. So the Celtics have 43 wins on the season that's still third best in the NBA. So that's big. The Celtics have Charlotte coming up Wednesday. Then Houston on Saturday night, hopefully a couple of wins over Chicago and the Jimmy Butler-less Minnesota Timberwolves on Thursday. So hopefully there's a little bit of a run coming up here uh, in the next few days. But Charlotte's going to be tough. They're playing really, really well. Houston's going to be tough, obviously, for obvious reasons. That's a Saturday night ABC game. So we'll see how that all goes. But for now, Celtics enjoying a win. We hope that you enjoyed the show. We hope that you will subscribe to the show if you are not a regular subscriber. Just search for Lockdown Celtics wherever you get your podcast. And if you are a subscriber, you know what I need. I need a five-star rating, and I need a good review because that's a form of payment to us. And we don't ask you for money. This is all we ask you for. Payment is a five-star rating, a good review, and share. Tell your friends. Let other Celtics fans know. When they need a podcast, they should be listening to us, the Locked On Celtics Podcast.
We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.